welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. It is Wednesday, July the twenty second, and yes, Wednesday, not the Sunday. I'm a little bit later. It's the holidays everywhere, and uh, also very busy. And some people said, "Well, maybe you should also try to doing to do it during the week." Um, so a little test. Um, let's see um, if you guys like that more. Um, some folks actually said, that, "Yeah, well, in the weekend I'm busy, busy, and maybe I'm forgetting then." And so I'm trying it on the Wednesday. Let's see. Um, today, episode thirty-six. Uh, Chris, uh, he has his read things. Um, very interesting. Fancy clan. Um, an executive that is leaving to set up Xset. He has some ideas and opinions about it. Uh, my part two uh, with Rob uh, Mega Megadev. <laughs> Megadev sounds like heavy metal. Um, but uh, he's telling about uh, Pledge.com, his new platform. As I said last week, it's uh, about esports and cheats. Very interesting. Um, this is the second part of the interview. And I had a talk with Matthew, and Matthew has the Iterative Indie Games Fund. Um, it was a, a, a quick one. I just wanted to get some some uh, insights from him. So if you're an indie game developer and you're looking for project funding, hey, this could be very interesting. So let's start. Hope you like it. So first, Chris Reed with Rethinks, and it's about Face Clan. Um, some executives are leaving, and all about diversity. And uh, Chris will take you through it. Chris, hey everyone, welcome into another Rethinks. Wanted to grab the biggest news of the week and dissect it a little bit because it was a significant news out of Face Clan. This article is from the New York Times, and it was written by Taylor Lorenz and Kellen Browning. The title of the article was Phase Clan President Departs. It's time for gaming to clean up its act. Greg Selko is leaving the successful esports conglomerate to start a new venture that's less frat house and more diverse. So basically, several top execs are leaving Phase Clan and they're starting a new organization called Xset. Um, Greg Selko was the former club president for Phase Clan. He's been with them for over the past two and a half years. And in the article, he says there's, there's room for improvement when it comes to diversity and inclusion in esports and gaming. He, he says, quote, we realized that there was a huge void that needed to be filled in the gaming marketplace. Gamers are from all walks of life and all backgrounds. But if you look at the current organizations, they sort of resemble a frat house. They're not reflective of the racial and gender diversity in the gaming world. And this, this really hit home to me because a couple of months ago, um, on Level Up Experience, I had Ryan Johnson, who is the founder of Community, that's C-X-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y. And we'll read you their mission real quick and then what he had to say. But uh, Community's mission is to increase the participation of minorities within the esports and gaming industry so that there's an equal opportunity as new jobs and professions are being created. You know, I had him on a couple months ago and he challenged everyone that was listening. He said, Take the top 10 esports orgs, line up all of their rosters, and count how many 
black players are on the team. And I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but he simply asked, he said, just, just look and see. And he went on to say, you don't have to do research. Like you don't have to dig really deep, take the top 10 esports orgs, line the rosters up. Then he dropped this data from the IGDA. So 83% of minority teens are playing video games. 18% of minorities create video games. But then again, you go back to the top 10 esports orgs, line the rosters up, and those numbers don't add up. And it's and he went like also when I say you don't just you don't just hire black people to hire black people. Ryan said that, right? But giving them the opportunity opportunity to compete and the access to be able to. So I love Ryan's mission. And those numbers are staggering. And then when you look at the industry, obviously diversity and inclusion needs to be better. But that's that's exactly what they're trying to do, create more access. And seeing an organization like FaZe Clan and seeing three execs leave FaZe Clan and to start this new mission for diversity and inclusion is is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's a step that need needed to happen for this industry. Um, I just think it's very important. So, um, you know, it, the question was, what was it going to look like, right? What was that momentum of diversity and inclusion going to look like? And this is such a great first big step for the industry. Um, obviously, there's there's significant things that need to happen. Um, but look, I, I I love what they're doing. Um, now, I do want to I do want to grab what Lee Trink had to say, who was the face whose face is current president. Um, quote, when it comes to diversity in gaming, there certainly hasn't been enough progress in this crucial area. We will encourage and support anyone who sets out to address this vital issue. Phases move diversity and inclusion to the forefront of our priorities, specifically through the formation of a diversity council earlier this year, unconscious bias trainings for our gamers and employees, and an ongoing commitment to, ver- to diversifying the industry. We welcome anyone who will join us in working toward these incredibly important goals. So the creation of XSET, which was just um, a couple of days ago, will, in my opinion, push other organizations to put it at the front, which they already should have. They, they should have already had it in, in front, right? But I think this continues that momentum uh, and that awareness to, to make that part of your organization uh, and create that access for all individuals. So I think this is great. Um, now, as a couple of things on XSET. So the organization will include three professional esports teams, uh, they're going to be competing in in Call of Duty, Valorant, and Fortnite. And you know, look on the competitive side, uh, s- starting out, you know, are they going to be um, are they going to be Cloud Nine and LCS? Of course not, right? So it's it's it is really about growing the, the organization um, and giving others access; otherwise, they wouldn't have it. So uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, and there's obviously significant momentum with XSET. Uh, social following, if you are following them. So on Discord, they have over 3,000 uh, 3, members. And on Twitter, they have t- over 10,000 followers in just a couple of days. So uh, the one last quote from Greg Selko is, we want the XSET logo to be the Nike swoosh of gaming. So that's obviously yet to be seen. Um, you know, they're going to have to con- continue that momentum. But I love the first step. Um, and I, this is going to push the industry in a really, I think it could push the industry in a really good direction. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on XSET, uh, their mission and what you think the future holds for the organization. Feel free to reach out to me as always, Chris Reed, C-R-I-S-R-E-E-D on LinkedIn. And I'm also on Twitter at the level up EXP again at the level up EXP. 
appreciate your all's time and we'll see you guys on the next one gaming and diversity yeah i think uh, there is still a lot of things that we can do um i was doing a, a webinar uh, a week ago and we were talking about uh females and esports and and i was talking to some coaches from some universities in the u.s and um they're doing awesome work i can tell you that and uh so i was i was asking them like hey uh name me a few names females that are in the top 10 uh earning most money in esports and uh, actually that sort of was quite difficult for them so diversity um it's uh it's 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 still a big issue and and um as i said um we shouldn't actually be looking at uh gender race religion these kind of things but although we shouldn't maybe it's well not maybe it's still there and from what i've come to learn you can only make a change when you start with yourself so if any individual out there that works in gaming starts with him or herself then uh, slowly we can work as an as an industry something has to give some food for thought Next up, um, interview with Matthew. And uh, Matthew and I were talking about his uh, new fund, uh, the Iterative Indie Games Fund. Um, they're still raising um, more of that in the interview. Um, for indie game developers, when you actually have a game project, yeah, you can actually find funding with them. Uh, most investors are very scared. They find it a big risk if you actually invest in a, in a project in a game sec um but they are not so uh let's listen to this gaming and funding it's an item that uh, we are talking about more and more and uh, also after COVID, it's interesting to see what the rest of 220 will behold um today i'm uh, talking to uh, matthew matthew quack of and here it comes the iterative indie games fund and um <clears throat> they're actually located in singapore uh, i got an email and um it said investment opportunity in a fund for professional incubated games and uh, immediately that got my interest and funny enough there was a button that says express interest here um so uh, here we are hello matthew yeah hi hi reno hi i uh i'm intrigued I mean, uh, you basically say uh, we're currently raising our debut alternative. So I want to know why you say alternative investment funds, uh, the Iteriff, uh Indie Games Funds. Tell me more. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So why it's alternative is basically because we are not a typical equity investment. We are actually sim more similar to a publisher and we are actually uh, doing a split in revenue per project. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So... Um, then the, the, there was this this uh, paragraph where it says indie game financials, and then you had a few case studies. Yeah, um, Dust yeah, Force, Shovel Knight, Monument Valley. Uh, were that things you were involved in, or were it more case studies of the industry? No, they are actually case studies of historical data, and yeah. um, I think the numbers are really very impressive. I mean. Uh, they are really small budgets and really small teams. However, they are able to recoup and make about 600, 700 and even more in terms of ROI 
Oh. Yeah, I saw yes. that. It was uh, so Dust Force 100k team of four generated 600% return on investment on its first year alone. Holy crap! Yeah, and so, we're actually looking yeah. at like five years in terms of a lifespan of uh, indie game or even more. Yeah. So um, let's go through it. I mean, uh, you you basically looking for game developers, so for indie game developers, let's say two, three, four, five, six people located worldwide uh, that basically are looking for some type of funding. So they reach out to you and, and how does that process then go? So basically what we do is on top of funding, we also provide incubation and mentorship for the studios. And if required, we help them find partners, team members, and whatever they may need, we try to provide it for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So cool. I think in, in my email, I actually showcased uh, the step-by-step -step process. So what we do is a due diligence on whether the team is able to pull off the game they pitch. Yeah. And if not, we are able to incubate them and support them in their development. Yep. And the uh, funding will be split into uh, different milestones. So typical, similar to a typical publisher, the vertical slice, alpha, beta, and gold. Mm -hmm. And the fundings will be dispersed at these milestones when they have been achieved. And once that's done and the game is released, we recoup our initial investment and then we split the revenue or the profits. Yeah, so the five steps are due diligence, incubation, develop, recoup, revenue share. Precisely. Yeah. Hey, and uh, um, do you already have something going or are you basically waiting till the fund is... Uh, um... So basically right now what we are doing is we are actually incubating this game studio based in Singapore, such a game studio, and they yeah. are working on their debut game as well, Stagehands, which is a multiplayer co-op for the Nintendo Switch and the PC. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a chaotic co-op party game. Correct. That's so I mean, that's yeah. the, the only game that I can talk about at the moment. The rest are still uh, work in progress or very early on. And yeah. uh, we will be announcing more about them when they have reached uh, the first milestone and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, you're an incubator, co-developer and publisher. Um, so you were founded in 2019, I saw. Yes, that's correct. So we have been operational for a year now. Yeah, and during this time we have been reaching out to game studios all across Southeast Asia and internationally. Yeah, we have received pitches from far and wide. We have received game uh, that requests uh, for funding from the states, from Europe, from uh, Asia, and we are trying our best to help them. And at the moment, we are trying to raise this fund so that we are able to support more indie studios. Yeah. So, how big is the fund? So what we are aiming for, since this is our initial debut fund, we are aiming, uh, as a proof of concept, we want to do a $1 million raise for the first fund, and that will go towards incubating six to eight games. Got it. And um, if I have right now some angels that are listening to the podcast, um, can you tell a little bit more um, minimum stakes? Um, sure. How does it mm -hmm. work? Sure, we're looking at a minimum investment of around 15 to 20k USD mm -hmm. and uh, that will be the in minimum check size from investors and we are looking to do a traditional fund model. So it's a 2 and 20. So it's a 2% management fee with a 20% yeah. carry. Yeah, got it, got it. And how far are you now? Uh, 
are you close to closing itself or you're pretty much open? No, we're we are open and we just started actually. That's why you received our email. Yeah. We are reaching out to investors, especially strategic partners if possible. Yeah. So we have uh, people who have expressed interest so far are uh, not really in the gaming industry. Based on our location in Southeast Asia and Singapore, um, most investors are in tech or in uh, not in gaming themselves. And as such, we are looking for investors with experience in gaming as well. Yeah. And potentially maybe uh, could add on to the support we are giving towards uh, the independent studios. Got it. Got it. Hey, and and uh, when are you trying to close? Uh, yeah, obviously when you have the money, but is there sort of a time limit? No, uh, what we are actually planning right now is a rolling close. So that means the funds, uh, as soon as we reach a certain amount where we can invest in a game, we will do so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an ongoing process. On the go. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Hey, and um, in, when, when you have invested in, in, in a game, so you, you, you basically invest in a game. So it's a project funding, right? Correct. Yeah. Not studio funding. Yeah, so we don't take any equity from the studio, and I think that's really good for both investors and for the game studio itself. Yeah. Uh, firstly, basically because as a project, you get the revenue much quicker. You don't have to wait for an exit event. Yeah. So that's a, a faster way to access returns on investment. Yeah. And for the game studio itself also, after their first game or the second game, they, are, they have already built the traction and have proven that they are able to make proper games and um, return... Um, make a good return on investment. They are able to raise larger rounds, larger seed rounds. Yeah, got it. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the idea. And, and that's also why I uh, quickly wanted to do this interview with you. If people are interested, uh, the website, uh, is that yeah. the interactive.co? Uh, they can go there, but that's the website for Incubator. Yeah. Uh, you can actually access the fund website at iterative.fund. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll have that on my website and I have a link to your LinkedIn so that people can reach out to you directly. Sure. And, Thank you, uh, you too. Thank you for, uh, for explaining the fund. So if you are intrigued and would like to know more, check out my blog. There's a link uh, where you can actually request more info. And um, if you need his email address, um, as you already said in the item, you can always send me an email and then I will introduce you. Um, yeah, now the interview part two, Megadeth and their platform pledge.com and uh, Rob is giving all the ins and outs. Hey, and, and uh, so, so, People that now are in the esports industry, how how should they look at your company, and how is it organization that should actually be contacted itself? How how's your approach? How's your marketing on that? Um, here we have to look at two things that we would like to achieve. Um, one is a very big vision where we would like to go. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a moment. And the other one is. I would say the necessary step yep. to get there somehow. Cheats are, let's be super honest here, cheats are at least controversial. And we're, when we're talking about cheats and esports in, in one sentence, it's usually not where you have cheats uh, in a positive like light. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm totally aware of that. But I would like to, you know, I would like to give all the esports guys out there an idea. Imagine you are, uh, you know, maybe you're not like a super pro, but you're still major league. And now you're looking for a way uh, to practice your game. And every now and then you have to practice yourself, not with your teammates. You just have to figure cer certain things out. Let's say it is your reloading that you just need to get this, you know, get into your muscles even yeah. better, get your reflexes better. How would you do that? So here's the idea I'd like to pitch you. How about you switch your game to single player mode? Do a campaign or pick out your favorite map, whatever you like, and then give yourself a certain combination of cheats. Give yourself uh, unlimited ammunition, but make yourself make your clip hold only two rounds. So every two shots, you have to reload. You will need the unlimited ammunition because in your single player game or map, there is not going to be enough ammunition to you know constantly. You'd be you'd be only looking for it if you yeah. only have two rounds in your gun. And then, if you like, you can even make the AI 25% quicker. So make the game quicker itself while you yourself are still at your very own speed. And only if you're insecure enough, give yourself God mode. So even if you do get hit, you don't have to start all over again. What happens now is you have built your own training room in, uh, in single player, where you have your very own preferences set. You, have, you must constantly reload because every two shots, you're out of bullets. Fortunately enough, you have enough bullets so you can really practice this movement. You are in a you are in a in an environment that is trying to get at you, especially with the AI being quicker than usually. You have to react quicker, think quicker, and just you know get this movement into your muscle memory. And if you have God mode um, on, then you even cannot die. You don't have the fear of constantly reloading, restarting, and so on, and so on. But you have a super tough competitive. Um, situation where you can practice one single thing and depending on what cheats you use maybe next time you're going to use the, uh, the, you know the one that you need to hide more whatever it is I mean every game is different here and, and gives you different possibilities on what to practice um, and this is what you can do to simply improve reflexes I, I like to think of it as I think I told you I like, I like to think of it you know, when you look at soccer uh, players, professional soccer players, they go in, into in their, their training camps at a very high altitude with very little oxygen. And in a particularly hard situation, they still need to endure 90-minute matches and, and practice and, and, you know, get the cardio up. But when they actually go to their tournament, which is at much, much lower um, altitude, the density of oxygen is at normal, but they excel because they are used to being in a much, much uh, harder environment. So that's how they practice. And I like to think of building your own, your own training room in single player. That's exactly what you can do here. Your high altitude yeah. training camp. That's the idea. And my big, and now I'd like yeah. to go to the second part of your question. Personally, I do have a big vision. I imagine a, our own eSport events someday in the future where we have like, I'm sure you know the Ninja yeah. Warrior series you see in, on TV. Um, have that, have a, have a publisher work with us together, create a single level that we can manipulate with our hardcore cheats and then have people speed run it. And, you know, have a bounty of 5,000, 10,000 euros or dollars 
whoever gets it in a certain amount of time or whoever beats out the competition of the other hundred who are competing. And those eSport events, they could be tremendous fun, you know, seeing people run through that game, maybe even failing that game because of the hardcore cheats. This is something that that's an eSport uh, tournament I would love to see uh, in the future. And I'll try to have that Got it. someday. Got it. Hey, and what does the future behold? I mean, what, what is next uh, on your roadmap? I think the, um, the most important change that is on our roadmap is the software that we are having, that we have right now that's on sale too yeah. and that you can use already. Yeah. It's called the Mega Trainer. But when you look at it, actually, let's be, let's be frank, um, it's kind of boring. It's kind of German. It's, uh, it works very well, but it's just, yeah, it, it's not flashy. It's not cool. And it does not give the user um, good feedback, especially when we're talking about esports. You're just used to brighter colors. You're used to more functionality. You're used to more optionality, what you, the settings, and so on and so on. So we created a new software that is going to come out in, uh, in a month, actually. And we're rebranding the Mega Trainer from Mega Trainer to Klitsch. Klitsch.com. Um, it is aimed more, even more at the eSport uh, teams and titles, which already shows in graphics, but also in, in the settings that we provide. We will, in fact, have um, even a, a statistic module built into it where you can track your own uh, cheat statistics um, and you will be assigned certain characters uh, depending on the type of cheats you're using. So there's a lot of gamification um, things and modules that we will provide to you that you can either just use for fun or in fact use for your own practice and performance and you know, look at your statistics where did you get better where did it get worse yeah. we're working on that right now because i'm reading and it's mega trainer i'm actually on that that uh, part of your site sick and tired of downloading mm -hmm. multiple trainers for every single game inversion. Our Mega Trainer works for every single play game inversion and automatically stays up to date with our latest codes. So then, uh, so then you can download. Um, and then you say at the premium part, as a premium member, you not only unlock thousands of additional cheats, you're also part of the Mega Dev community with access to special office promotions and excellent customer server, uh, service, sorry. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Does it also mean that people can help with, with cheats that they can send to you? I mean, this is sort of a thing that comes to mind. Well, the cheats themselves, we, yeah. we built them ourselves. Um, we are super high, highly skilled professionals that are, I, I like to joke, we wouldn't know how to cook noodles. Yeah. Damn, we know stuff about cheats. Um, so that's one thing. But we do have a super active community. Uh, it's still a forum system, so it's quite classic. And what they do is they also they give us hints, okay, what kind of cheats would they like? What kind of um, new functionalities would they like? And they talk about it too. So this community doesn't, doesn't just help themselves. Hey, I'm stuck at this and this level. And, uh, but they also tell us, hey, uh, like like in in Formula One right now, which my uh, colleague is is uh, you know building a trainer for right now. F one F one twenty twenty came out two days ago, I believe. And uh, people wanted to have codes where you could actually have the AI, so the AI driver stuck in first or second gear. 
So it's not only just about improving yourself, but sometimes it's about actually, you know, um, sabotaging more or less the AI. That's what I wanted. And we listened to their request and that's what we're working on right now. Interesting. It's, 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 it's really fun. And it's, it's also fun what people come up with. Um, there's, there was a uh, SpongeBob SquarePants game that came out just a couple of weeks ago. People wanted us to build a cheat where you can maximize the size yeah. of SpongeBob for whatever yeah. reason. It's just for fun. So then I see that uh, you were saying 49 US dollars. What is it? 45 euros or something. Uh, that's the best deal. But you have it from 25 dollars, 37 dollars. So you have the bronze, silver, gold, and gold member. That's the best deal. Oh, yeah, that's the best deal. Oh, well, you also have one. Uh, is that a gold member plus or something? The It's yeah. actually an extended gold membership for uh, two years. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Um, uh, now with Plitch, days, we're, yeah. Yes. With, with Plitch, we're, we're actually going to change the... Uh, we're going to stick to the business model, but we're going to change the packages that you can buy. Um, it will have recurring and non-recurring uh, licenses, but the interesting part is... Glitch will, for the first time ever, also um, have other elements that you can add on to your membership. For instance, we are working with uh, publishers, and, and unfortunately, I cannot name yeah. name the publisher right yeah. now because we have an NDA until it's uh, disclosed. But um, he's he's bringing out a game next year, 2021, and we're going to offer a skin, a skin for this particular game. So you'll have a pledge, and you, you can actually um, have a skin over pledge where it ha you know resembles the game, the game's elements, and so on and so on. And you you will be able to buy those for your favorite games for maybe a dollar, maybe a euro, kind of depending on what kind of deal the publishers are going to give us. So you can upgrade pledge here too, and just customize. Yeah. The way you and want the side it. is from Glitch? Uh, you know, the name Glitch, it's, um, it is in proximity to Glitch. It is also in proximity to yeah. um, Twitch, you know, from a phonetic perspective. But really, it came from, from quite a funny story. When we realized that we need to upgrade the Mega Trainer, we also realized, okay, we need to give it a new name because, you know, the Mega Trainer from Megadev, it's like so 90s. And we were, we were in you know discussions for that for months. And eventually, our lead developer said, "Oh well, you know what? If we're going to give it an artificial name, we could name it Plitschplatsch. Plitschplatsch is a, a German expression for the sound that water makes. Yeah. You know that water that drops yeah. into water. That's Plitschplatsch." And I looked up and I said, "Okay, you know what? Plitschplatsch is a little long, but how about just Plitsch?" We checked out. Plitsch.com was available, <laughs> and there we had it. It is derived yeah. from the sound that water makes. It makes no sense yeah. at all. It's, it's with a K? How do... It's a... Um, Plitch yeah. is P-L-I-T-C-H. Got it. So I uh, was actually checking it out. Uh, oh, yeah. I see it, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the beta yeah. is already on, online. And in testing, we have a group of 100 users. They're like our top users. They're testing it right now. Um, and we're hoping to be able to have all the bugs and all, you know, quirks and features done by end of July yeah. and then have a public release. So bottom line, as you say, esports gamer, casual gamer, make games more fun by customizing your experience. Yeah. That is perfectly yeah. true. That's perfectly true. I believe, you know, 
customization is freedom. It, it is really something that you can do for yourself. And we want to give people the ability to do so. And if you're in esports, you have the very same right. It is not a bad thing to customize your game, to have it the way you like it, to practice on it, to love it even more. And then, of course, yeah. compete in, yeah. in, you know, whenever you want to. Got it. And uh, the last thing that I actually have, and, and actually it's answered on your site, it's, it's, it's a client that you download. Um, but that, that has reasons yes. that are, it's about security, it's about RAM, your computer's RAM, or what, what is the main reason that it's a client? Yes. To, in order to access the RAM and execute the routines that we need to execute, um, you need to have a client that is running on the computer. It's really a technical basis. Yeah. wouldn't run right. without it. And just by the way, just by the way, let me add one more thing. It's also a security feature because our, especially in, in the Megan Trainer had it in, in a rudimentary version, but Plitch will have it even more. And that's probably interesting for yeah. your eSport listeners too. I'll give you one more thing. The, what we know, one profession that we have is what do manipulations of memory look like? That's quite what we do every day. And we know this not only for our games, of course, we can also recognize certain patterns in, in, let's say, Dota 2, in World of Warcraft, in, in, but also, of course, CSGO. So all the eSport titles, we know yeah. what manipulation looks like. So what Plitch is going to have is a so-called Plitch Gateway. The Plitch Gateway will recognize that you are playing a certain game. We do recognize certain patterns. And for those games that you have connected to Plitch, Plitch then says, okay, if you're playing this game, and we are cutting out all connections to the network and to the internet. So you're not going to get into online high scores and you are not going to get, uh, you're not going to be technically able to yep. activate a cheat in multiplayer. And this can only be accessed through a client that is actually running on the computer, scanning the memory for certain patterns. So we think of it like a firewall yep. for cheats. Yep. I like it. I'm uh, reading also Plitch is the only the world's only trainer providing cheats to make games harder, and that's definitely for esports. Um, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting approach. It's an interesting approach. I mean, these guys are well. Obviously, you're trying to become a professional, and then this can help you. And will you come out with something that is more than for the professional players? I mean, just just that idea just shot into my head. I mean, so. I could see that this is for, as you said, a casual gamer, an esports gamer. Um, but will it be like likely that maybe you create something for esports organizations, like say customized, where for a certain game they will say like, "Hey, mm -hmm. we have teams, and 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 we need to make it ultimate hard." Like when when we were doing the intake, you had this. Yeah. Um, you forgot about it. It's, it's the metaphor for going uh, training uh, high in the mountains or what was it? And then once you actually go back for, for, the, eventual, for the actual event, you're going um, uh, thousands of meters lower and you have the event. What was it? With oxygen, high altitude? Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's the high, yeah. high altitude, what, what I told before, you know, uh, having your own training room, training camp set up in, you know, in a super hard condition. And when you go back to normal... Um, we're simply prepared, yeah. you know, you're better prepared. Um, we would love to. Uh, there is, I believe, 
I believe there's a lot of um, you know thought leadership and education we have to put into this because as you might imagine, whenever we talk to esports guys, especially the more professional they get, the more skeptical I they give me when I'm talking when I'm saying about hey, this is my solution. What do you think about that? Like, uh, I don't know. So there's a lot. There's just time that needs to pass a lot of education. But of course, I mean, would uh, we already thought about having like a um, you know, having a, a like super pro version of uh, Pledge that then ha would have to be um, in, in cooperation with, with the publishers of the big eSport titles. Most of these titles run on servers only with no connection to your local PC really. Um, and we cannot access servers legally with our technology. So with the way I see it, we need to prove that what we do is first of all legit and secondly is a at a quality uh, you know quality standard that people don't have to worry about it and the next step would then be to say hey um look we would like to make a professional training setup for uh counter-strike go or even rocket league or whatever it is but for that please dear publisher give us access to your servers and let us work together here how to create an environment where we can have the pro players practice and just work on that. So this is a, this is more of a biz dev yeah. rather than a technical yeah. question, I believe. Cool. I think um, we covered most of it. Uh, I found it interesting. And I, and I said, I mean, when I first looked at the email that I got and, and, and it's about cheats and gaming, yeah, you, you're being put on the... Uh, in the wrong direction. Um, but it was fun when we had the intake call um, where you explained a few things. Um, it's uh, it's interesting to see that uh, it ties towards esports or people that want to become better to make it more harder. Uh, it, it, it's challenging the player much more. Um, I like it. I don't know what it is. I like it. Thank you. I mean, thank you for giving me a chance to yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to you here today. Um, I, I highly appreciate it. As I said before, it's, there's a lot of thought leadership, but I do believe in what we're doing is 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 right and is simply a fun product. I mean, I I like to think of myself as my very best customer, yeah. and <laughs> that's why you know I'm quite enthusiastic yeah. of what the future might bring. Um, cool. Then uh, I'll make sure that. Um... I have the link to Plitch, and although it's it's uh, it's not out there yet, but people can already uh, look around a bit, and and, and obviously uh, the link to Megadev, the site itself, which is uh, giving you a lot of uh, information, and and uh, where you can also check out uh, how you can get, uh, uh, well, subscription. It is. Is it actually? If you do, you pay a year, and it automatically uh, renews per year. At the very moment, it does not automatically yeah. renew. So you're just paying a year. And if you want to play afterwards, you have to yeah. throw yeah. another coin in manually. Plitch, however, yeah. will have both options. You can pay for one year or you can have a recurring payment as a subscription. And just not worry Got about it. it. Well, that, that was good that I asked. Um, thank you very much, Robert. Uh, I'll, I'll have the link towards your LinkedIn on the blog and um, I want to thank you very much for explaining this.
Rainer, Likewise. thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right. So thank you for listening. Um, hope you liked it. Uh, as said, diversity and gaming, it remains a topic. It's also something that uh, Paul Fint and I want to do in a, a new video cast or video podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm already having it on my website. It's something we want to do on uh, the Monday um, um, uh, bottom line, talk about everything about gaming, obviously, um, but also uh, things that happen in your private life, but uh, also these kind of topics um, uh, where you're confronted with your religion, with your skin co uh, color, with, with um, whatever. Um, how did it feel? How did you solve it? Or you didn't resolve it? Uh, would you like to address it? Um, we want to put it out in the open there so that at least people are aware it's happening. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we basically say it. Um, so um, more on that later. We're still working on getting our first panel. So we want to have ideally two or three guests and then um, do it live. And if you can't watch it live, then you can always watch it later on on the website um i'm calling the section the video game podcast life actually the item paul wants to call it gaming for life i love it so whatever it's called it's about uh the contents and that should be something about anything that's happening in games how can we improve the industry when it comes to diversity acceptance no harassment and no racism um so yeah uh thanks to matthew explaining the iterative indie games fund um thanks chris for talking about uh face clan and obviously rob with pledge.com hope you enjoyed listening and ciao for now This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.